This is CliffCentral.com. A very, very nice song, even though it's lamenting uh, not having money. It is the time of the month. Everybody's suffering from Januaryitis. It's January, and the worries in everybody's pocket <laughs> can be felt. Michelle Davis here, because it's already the third Wednesday wow. of the month. Scary. <laughs> I know it's scary. And people haven't been paid yet. People have not been paid yet. So, the, so it's today, hard. today's money show mm. is that it's that conversation you don't want to have. But yeah. actually, actually, we're flipping it on its head, just like the Bongo Muffin song in the background, Maria Pepa, which is an amazing song, even though it's complaining about not having money. We're flipping it on its head and we're saying, hey, we're starting this year. Michelle promised us last month, she said, this is the year she's teaching us how to make our money work for us. Correct. Uh, but Michelle, so on top of all the January issues, this past weekend, I couldn't get over it. Everywhere. First, it started like about a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I see on my Twitter, right? Zuelin Zimavavi on my Twitter, <laughs> complaining about something about retirement, whatever's in the law and the change and Jacob Zuma. Everybody's complaining about Jacob Zuma. People lose their shoelaces, like he said. <laughs> People are complaining about Jacob Zuma. So I kind of wasn't paying attention. But this past weekend, I actually could not mm-hmm. get away from it. Everywhere I looked, Everybody was talking about this amendment to this retirement bill. And suddenly I like had to look up sure. and pay attention and go, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So let's start there. Let's start okay. by breaking it down. I think there's a lot of noise out there about the bill, about what it means, about Satu fighting with ANC and now people can't get access to their money and it's all a balls up. Is it really? No, it's not. If people actually just looked at the reality of this amendment, this amendment's been going since 2013. It just hasn't been promulgated. In other words, it hasn't been put into force as yet. However, everything that is being done is positive. There is nothing negative about any of the laws that have actually been put into place. So whether it's the pension fund, whether it's the provident fund, whether it's personal retirement annuities, everything is positive. Okay, so is the government saying, I don't have access to my money? No. Of course you've got access to that money. You paid for that. It's your it money. It's your yeah, money. Yeah, because I think that's the thing. I no. think that's the thing that, that kind of gets everybody in the tits, is you're going, ha! Jacob Zuma first won't pay back the money. No. Now he's trying to get into my money. No. And so what does it actually mean? What are the changes that one can expect at the end of this month? Okay, let's use a real life scenario. And I'm going to use an ex-client of mine. And I'm saying ex-client because they did not follow my advice. <laughs> and, and I mean oh, that in right a very... then? <laughs> Remember, we can also fire clients, eh? Okay. <laughs> This lady was a telecom employee. I won't mention names or anything, but they went through the restructuring of telecom where they had outsourced business. Mm. And these people were either given an option to go into the outsourced business or they could then rather get, get the retrenchment money or take early retirement. People decided to do various things. This particular individual decided to take the money. 
of her pension and we looked at various options of giving her an income. Because remember, that I think is the fundamental thing that we need to talk to, about today is that your pension, your provident, and your retirement annuity is there to create an income for when you retire. It is not there to spend. So what was the last rulings? (laughs) It's there for you to spend when you've (laughs) retired. No, no, not even spend when you've retired. This is, I think, where this whole confusion is coming in. Because people are saying, think about it realistically. What do people do when they leave a company? Do they transfer their pension money? money to the other company or do they take it take the tax a liability and which is like 20,000 rand or it was when I took out my pension okay all so those I'll years tell ago. you I'll give you an example um, 1.3 million okay your taxation on 1.3 million will give you the maximum which is going to be around about or 2.3 million is going to be about 75,000 tax sure so let's be realistic And let's say that this is what's happened since day one. People leave a company, they then go and take their pension money, pay the tax on it, and they use it. Within a month, it's gone. That money is finished. This is what happened to this individual. They decided to go with the product, but then contacted me to say, no, but can't they just take a little bit more out and so on and so on. And that is why I said, rather take this matter into your own hands and utilize the money for what you want. And it really wasn't for something that was necessary or needed at that point in her life. She was close to retirement. That money would now be finished and she has no income. So that is the reality thereof. So all that the law is saying now is that they're going to be treating it like an annuity that you need to buy yourself an income, which really makes a lot of sense. If you're under retirement age, there are different options that you can take. You can again take the money out. If it's under 200, I think it's 47,000. Um, just, just verifying all my facts so that we don't have anybody shouting at us. Um, <laughs> of course, the information is all there on the interwebs. Yeah. Um, but it's 247,500 rand. So if you have a lump sum amount, which is under that, you are still able to take that money out. It's yours. Remember the current structure up until now, the end of February is only Mm 75,000. So this is almost quadrupled in the amount that you can take out. Mm -hmm. They're saying if there's money over that, what you should rather do is purchase an annuity. So you're buying yourself an income. Let's, so it's it's really a positive thing. So that sounds to me, so it says, it sounds to me like it's saying, we know you want to spend some of this money, yes. okay? If yes. you want to spend some of this money and you've been contributing into this thing, you have a threshold. Correct. And the threshold is 247500 okay. But after that, every you have to keep that money until 65 or whenever you retire so that you're not a destitute old Correct. person. If you look at stats today... <laughs> <laughs> That's a reality. What what let's well, look at look let's look at people we know in our close circle of friends. Well I was going to say yes. because one of the things that growing up in the township, one of the things that we're used to is you just you look after your, your mother, you Correct. look after your father, you look after your granny, you look after the grannies, basically. Because that's you know, Absolutely. back in the day people didn't have the money 
to buy pension funds, to buy annuities, a to retirement. buy a retirement, exactly. anything. So you had to do it. So, it, it, But that is the legacy that I think you don't we need to, to change. No, but we need to change that mindset. Because currently, if you look at retired people, only about 4% retire independently, financially secure. 4%. That means that those guys are living the lifestyle that they've been accustomed to all their lives. So that means that if you have a hundred friends, if you have 99 friends between the hundred of you, only four of you Correct. will be able to continue living the life you have Correct. once you stop working Absolutely. for a monthly salary. Absolutely. Ooh. Now that scares me to death. I must be honest with you because I'm not even in that bracket yet. I'm close, but not yet. <laughs> You say that. <laughs> but now we need to try and get people to understand the value. Remember last year I said we need to start looking at the value of our money. Why can I make my money work for me? And remembering I'm not saying win the lotto and then put that money away. <laughs> it always helps. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but again, look at it and say to yourself, okay, if I have 300 rand a month that I can put away at the age of 25, what does that mean for me? That means that I am getting closer and closer to my retirement amount that I am looking for. Yes, also let's be very realistic. If somebody's earning 25,000 Rand today, the chances are with future value of money, it's going to most probably be a little bit more than you would have, but you also wouldn't look at it in present value at 20,000 Rand. Why? Because you don't have a bond anymore in your car. On your home You've got a car that's paid for You may have moved into a retirement village Out of your own choice Which is costing you a lot less So your your living expenses become less Yeah, and you're not paying school fees And you're not paying school fees Or university <laughs> fees Or any of those things So what's important is to understand The kind of life you want to have And, yes. and look at it on a monthly basis yes. So say, I currently um, My budget is yes. 30,000 rands is what I live on. But in my 30,000 rands, I pay a bond, I pay for school fees, I pay for petrol, exactly. I pay for all of those things. So maybe in another, whenever I retire, another 30 years time, I don't need 30,000 exactly. rand. But I have to work out what the value Correct. of, of if I need 15,000 rand, what the exactly. value of 15. Ooh, these are sums. Eh? Now you see, the these thing are is, a lot of sums. But you know what? And the nicest thing is that you can actually go onto the internet and, and just put in there retirement calculation. Mm -hmm. And you will find various calculators that you can use from various companies, whether it's from Alan Gray, whether it's from Old Mutual, whether it's from Sunlum, they will all show you a calculation. Now, funny enough, this morning I just did two for us. Okay. And I said, all right, it's a female. She's 25 years old. She wants to retire at 65. Her current monthly so income. So she's got 40 years yes. to work and contribute. And contribute. Okay. But now this is purely on a retirement annuity. We not, we've said that she doesn't have a pension fund. She doesn't have a provident fund because a lot of your, your entrepreneurial companies aren't big enough to actually have those. So you need to start looking at it for yourself. So I said she earns 17,000 Rand a month and she's, her desired monthly income on retirement is 20,000. Okay. I said she wants to go and travel. She wants to go and do things. She wants to earn more as that, as a present value money. I said at the moment she can only afford to put away 500 Rand a month and she's only for the first month saved 500 Rand. 
So it says to me that she's still got 40 years left to save for retirement. She will need an additional 6,200 rand per month, increasing yearly with inflation to provide an income of 20,000 rand at 65. What? Say that again. Okay. So in 40 years time. So she's going to start by saving 500 rand, rand a, month. a month. And in 40 years. And in 40 years. She'll be saving 6,000 no, rand. No, she needs to save an additional to now oh, 6,200 rand per month right. to get to that 20,000 rand at retirement date. Okay. So what she actually needs is she needs 6,700 rand to Correct. put away today. Today. In order to get, get 20,000 at 65. Because that is the only way that she's going to be able to retire with that type of income. That is a sobering fact. This is a scary fact. And I'm telling you now, listeners, listen to me and do it for your own sanity because you're going to lie awake if you don't. Go onto the internet, look for a retirement calculator. Just type in retirement calculator and use any of them. Use more of the reputable ones with the guys that use you know, with the institutions that are financial institutions. So of all the financial institutions, you'll so find the one. The Sunlams, the Correct. Old Mutuals, the Liberties, the all Momentum, of they'll all, all have, have that. that kind of calculation. Now let's have a look at somebody who is 35. So oh she's my actually. Good. <laughs> Father good. So she's left it now for <laughs> 10 years later to start saving. And, and let's be realistic. How many life events happen in a person's life mm. over the age of 35? Huge amounts. Divorces. Deaths. What about a mom that has to go back into the workplace for the first time at 35? What happens to her? And there's no pension or provident fund. So let's say, for instance, she's earning 25,000 rand because she has certain qualifications. She gets into a, a company and she's also going to retire at 65. And she said, no, she wants to then have 20,000 rand. That she can maybe look at retiring on. And she's, uh, and she's able to then use a thousand rand a month, but she's just started, so she only has a thousand rand in the pool. So she has 30 years left to save before she retires. This Even means. Even though she has twice the amount of money that. Yes, that's why. Girl yes. X. Yeah. But she will need an additional 8,900 rand per month, increasing yearly with inflation. To provide a twenty thousand rand monthly income at retirement. She's so just so the ten year difference from twenty five to thirty five because she didn't start twenty five at twenty five years. It's it's about four thousand rand difference. Or no, it's about it's two, about three two and a half three thousand. Yeah, yeah, three thousand if we add in the five hundred. Yeah. Can you so see that's why? <laughs> <laughs> even if you are girls. 20, even if you're 18, if you get your first job, even if you put away 200 rand a month, the sooner you start, it's going to make the world of difference the power on that of future compound interest and that future value of the money that you actually need. These are okay. Sobering facts. Sobering facts for the 20th of January. <laughs> But this is the right time to be having these conversations yes. because this is the time. Usually in January, so if you phone me and it's like September and you're like, yeah. you're phoning from company X, you're trying to sell me extra insurance, maybe yes. me, you, you ain't going to no. get my attention because this is the time when I do this. You know, Correct. So in my life, we, I, I then reassess. I reassess my, my portfolios. <laughs> 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 it's 
sounds awesome, doesn't it? But actually, I just review my insurance policy, my car's insurance, my household insurance. Just make sure that I'm paying the pay minimum. (laughs) But it's also, this is the time to be doing it. This is the time to then be saying, how much do you want to earn? When, who? Correct. Because I think the thing that we, we never think about as well, and the younger we are too, it's so far it's 40 years it. away, That's 30 it. years away. Do I really want to be like giving my money into a hole for 30, 40 years? And again, that's a perception. That's a perception with a hole because people need to understand the value of taking out retirement annuities because again, not every company has a pension fund. Not every company has a provident fund. We need to build up our own personal pension funds. We own those. They belong to us. We are making sure that we are looking at our financial future at retirement. Because if you don't have, if you don't have your own, then you, you're like, do you fall into that government trap where you have to go stand in a queue Correct. somewhere and get whatever the government 1, gives? 1,000, what is it, 1,650 rand a month? Oh, that's not a single trip to Woolworths, girls. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind the everything else. <laughs> But the beauty of having these types of funds, and that's why I'm saying people need to look at the whole reform that they've now started from the 1st of March 2016 as not a negative, but as an actual positive. So this goes into effect on the 1st of March. March, correct, of 2016. People need to see it as, hang on a sec, maybe it is forcing me to utilize the money for the right reasons and not just taking it and blowing it because that is is the concern because normally with a retirement annuity at retirement what happens is that you take a third cash if you wish to that will be used to pay off any other debt that you may have lying around the two-thirds buys you an income for a month for for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. now there are various types of incomes there's some brilliant products out there that will pay you an income until the day you die so if you live to be 80, 90, or 120, it will pay you on a monthly basis. Well, this is what I was going to ask, is that this reform then says you can take out up to a third. Yes. You can take out in, as Correct. a lump sum. And the rest will then be... Buy an annuity, buy which the, gives you an income. But now that income that this gives you, is it only equal to that two-thirds? or So if you outlive... No. The two thirds. That's so if, why I'm if saying. If your two thirds has a hundred thousand no. rands in it, you know, and you get paid ten thousand rands a month, you're done in ten months. You know? <laughs> okay, that's why I'm saying there are so many various options on the life annuities and or income annuities that you again need to sit with somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. So you can have a living annuity which lives with you, and that every year you have an option to either increase or decrease the percentage that you are getting. Or they have other annuities which will pay until the day you die. However, the day you die, that money is retained by the companies. Or you get other propositions like a pension with capital repayment, which very simply means I will take the capital amount of 100000 I will see what I can get for you of that. So say not 600 rand a month. I will pay you the 600 rand every month until the day you die. When you die, that money will then be payable to your beneficiaries. Hmm. So in other words, that money, the capital is never lost. That 100,000 is always there. Okay, future value, it's going to decrease substantially. However, that money is never lost to your beneficiaries. Hmm. 
So there are so many, ver- there are various options and it really is dependent on the amount. It's dependent on the person's need, what you would give them. So it's important to be realistic about your life. Correct. It's important to be realistic about the life you live now. Correct. And the life you are likely to live when you're retired. Yeah. Pamela, I think that's why it was so important for us last year to have a look at the variances of budgeting, cash versus credit, um, all those kinds of things, because that makes you think a little bit, a little bit more about how you're going to structure your life going forward. It's awesome to live for the here and now. It's brilliant. YOLO. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. But realistically, how many people today can say, you know what? I'm going to be okay when I'm retired. 4% of the country. That 4% number is blowing my mind. Absolutely blowing my mind. Because then it means that, you know, I'm going to be Kanejo's problem. Or Kanejo's children's problem. But that's, okay, but on the, on the lighter side, that's why we educate our children. So that they can look after us. Yeah, except when they're educated, <laughs> they don't want to look after you. <laughs> they actually have a life. <laughs> Just make enough money to pass on a little bit. <laughs> No problem. But but quite honestly, I mean, I I think, and and when I started reading up on all the various things, it really didn't strike me as as a bad thing. So first of all, it doesn't, it's not going to affect you in the here and now. And the, the thing that we also see a lot of is we see like, I know so many people who are like teachers or nurses and, and then when the idea of a retirement package, mm. as they were called. Yeah. People just took that money out and said, I'm going to start a business. And then the business didn't pan out. And now they're like 60 years old and they're still working every day. Can you see the benefit of this then? Because again, let's look at it from a positive point of view. And what they've also done is they've allowed people to look at it and say, okay, remember people could, you used to at the end, when you do your tax return, used to, give a tax certificate in for your retirement yes, annuities, yes. which you would then be kind of almost rewarded because you were contributing to a retirement annuity. Is that changing? No, not at all. Oh. I'm just saying now what they're doing is that they're saying that there's going to be a limit of 350000 per annum to actually contribute. So what they're doing is they're evening out your high income, your middle income earners and your lower income earners so that we all sit on the same platform. And that's also a good thing. What do you mean? Evening out like the high earners and remember suddenly when I'm retired. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm talking about people that utilize that for their tax returns. Oh, I see. So to utilize for your tax returns for your rebates, Mm -hmm. they're not evening that out. So Okay. So So everything is being done in a very positive and a very, um, Proactive way, and I think that's brilliant. And I think if people just look at it from that aspect, that we try, what the government's trying to do is they're trying to protect people from taking the money and blowing it instead of using it what it was intended to do. Mm-hmm. I think the the thing that that was clear about when I was reading all the stuff, the thing that I was very very clear about is that it seemed a little bit like. Are you protecting me out of my money right no. now? <laughs> Are you protecting me out of getting my money? And and I and I wondered, I really did over the weekend wondered if if this is all a backlash of the the YOLO life, you know, where everybody 
everybody is living for the here and now and kind of when I was 25, I certainly wasn't like retirement, nothing. Correct. Even now, 10 years later, I am still a little, mm. you know, so some of it, you, you know, the big girl panties that are choking me right now <laughs> um, really do make me go, oh, you know what? Ugh, soon this yeah. will be on me. But it's, it's and it's closer. Correct. And even looking at that calculation. That now that it's closer, you're paying more. Yes. If I'd started 10 years ago. Correct. <laughs> maybe, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm making an assumption. It's a pure assumption on, on my part, is that maybe the government is looking at this from a very realistic point of view and saying, how much money is reinvested mm. by individuals mm. when moving companies? And I'm sure that they've done this, these, these stats, and I'm sure that they've actually gone in to try and establish where that money goes to. Because if it's not going into anywhere else, I certainly it's being did spent. Not. I, I left, when I left, the only company I ever worked for, <laughs> I took the money and I blew it. No, I yeah. used it as a deposit okay, for, for my what? new car. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> but I was starting a business and, I, you know, and yes. needed the car, da, 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 da. But when I... But I was 25. Mm. So the likelihood of success going forward for me, I, I was like, 25, I've got 40 years to make this thing work. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. It's so in now, a spreadsheet. <laughs> yes. Okay. So precisely. So now we've got to look at that and say, realistically, if you were f almost forced, and I hate using that word forced, mm -hmm. because if we look at it from a positive point of view, it's not a force. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we were but kind the of, if, is always with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if the law stipulated that this is what we needed to do because of the amendment and people were used to it, there would be no fuss mm. so because the, we'd be used to this. It's like the VAT. You Correct. just pay it. Correct. <laughs> it's like paying yes. your taxes. So. This is the last thing I'm going to ask about this because I'm desperate to get into the conversation about how to make money work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working for it all my life. <laughs> so what this actual amendment means is that, of course, I can take my money out. It is yours. At any time. It is yours. But there's a cap on where or on how, or how much. how you can utilize it. On how I can utilize yes. it. So I'm not going to be allowed to take... All my money out as I leave company X for if company it Y. it is over that amount. Yeah. So I'm yes. not going to be able to take it out and... Blow it. Fix the roof. I'm not gonna, the thing is not... All right. Let me... So if you've got that amount of money and it is below your capped amount, mm -hmm. you can take the full amount. Mm -hmm. If it is above that capped amount, the one third, two thirds will apply. So you can still take a third out cash but they're going to tell you to take the two-thirds and purchase an income because that is the reason why you've got a pension, a provident, or a retirement annuity. But how many times can you do that? We, how we do you are, mean how many times can you do that? So the, the, third, the third and two-thirds. Um, every single time you have a maturity on a policy or a pension or a provident, yes. And every single time you change employment because one yes. of the things about this generation is we don't stay in jobs. Correct. We don't stay in jobs very long. But then also… This is also then a safety gap for those people that are so concerned because people will have to stay in a position for between 5 and 15 years. What? 
what? For this to be effective. I don't know a single person that's okay. worked for one company. Let's, for let's, so let's be realistic. So 19, oh, let's not say 99%, but let's say 90% of those people will fall under that bracket and be able to take their money anyway. Mm. But they're going to be paying tax. So there's there, there are a lot of concessions. There are a lot of of people that can still get the, their money Correct. out. First, it's got to be in the threshold. You've got to fulfill the the time periods. Correct. In there's part. so many things that that are that are implicated in this decision, and I'm sure it wasn't. As, and as I said, this decision's been going now, or it's been discussed since 2013. It was supposed to be implemented last year on the first of March 2015, which didn't happen. But now it is being implemented. But look at it from the point of view of this is assisting me as an individual not to land up in as part house. of the 96%. Or at least in the queue at checkers on yes. the 15th of the month yes. trying to get your 1,600 rands. Exactly. This is, it allows you to determine how much money you earn when you're retired. Correct. Okay, got it. <laughs> I was I was really worried yes. this past weekend because there were just so many things, so many reports. Um, I'm Pumi Mashekho and you're listening to myself and Michelle Dave. We're talking about money, 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 money. This is our money show. And we've been chatting about the amendments to the Retirement um, Act and what you can do and what you can't do with your money. And after this, we're talking about 2016, baby, and how to make your money work for you. We're out here. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. I know money is such a contentious thing. And this time of the year, kind of in the middle of January, talking money is a very touchy subject. And Michelle Davis here. I'm Pumi Mashiho and you're listening to Womanda. And we're chatting about money, 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 money. And we've been talking in the break about, you know, you work so hard for your money. It's you hate every single day of waking up early and going to work. Monday to Friday is horrendous if you work Monday to Friday. And then what do you do with your money? You either eat it all. (laughs) (laughs) Drink it. Go out clubbing. If you're lucky enough to still be able to go out clubbing. But what do you really do to make your money work for you? And we've made a commitment and Michelle excited me so much last year when she said, this is the year she's going to teach us how to make our money work for us. So, Michelle, yep. let's start with the hard bits. Because yes. it's, it's hard to like purchase some things sure. that in the long run look like they're going to work for you. Correct. So <laughs> where does one really start in making the money, making the money decision to change it from just being something you work for and then mm. piss off Correct. every single day until yes. the 20th of the month and sure. then wait for five days to get paid on the 25th yeah, and, and eat salty start, cracks. Yeah. To start the cycle yeah. all over again. I think for me, I think to me what the most important thing for us this year is to show people that the intangible, because remember we can't touch what we're buying. As far as assurance is concerned. But then we have to look at it from more of an emotional point of view. Because I think that's what touches most of us is the emotion behind the purchase. 
So let's take, for instance, a person that's purchasing a home for the first time because they've just got married, first baby's on their way, and they are so excited. The first thing that happens is the bank goes to them and says, guess what? You need bond cover. And the guy goes, oh, shit, bond cover. All right, how much is that <laughs> going to cost me? Because now my bond's already costing me 10,000 rand. Then I've still got to pay for this insurance, which is costing me another 1,200 rand and all of that kind of stuff. So it becomes a grudge purchase. For most individuals. But if you sit back, take a deep breath and think <laughs> about, yes, and think about the benefit of that purchase, which is intangible. Number one, should something happen to you, your wife, your husband and your child is taken care of because the bond is paid outright. If there's money left over, that money is paid into their accounts. Okay. So that's the first thing that we need to say to ourselves. Yes. Ugh, do I really need this? And but the answer is always yes. Unfortunately, it is one of those things. <laughs> so the the thing about it is that we're always... Please don't die. Sorry, I just had a bit of a... Frog in your throat, yeah, so you're just okay. A little one. I'm fine, thank okay, you. Okay, so the the first thing to be <coughs> is to change it. I like that. I like the fact because I've never thought about the fact that those all those little things, besides the fact that it is a beep beep yeah. in contact thing telling you the Correct. money has gone out of your account, you can't see it, you can't feel it, you can't touch it. It's just money that's gone, it's disappearing it's not every like month. Shoes. No, you can't put them on and go, oh, those are so awesome and look and how I nice my bum fabulous. looks because of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but then again, do you want to leave a legacy for your kids, especially people that are looking at entrepreneurship? And I think that's something that's huge in this country. And how do we get people to become entrepreneurial? They all need money for it. So if I die, I know that I've left something for Jade. Just something. It doesn't have to be billions, but I need to leave her something that she can actually carry on with her future and her generation. So I always look at life cover as a legacy that I'm leaving behind for her and for her future. So is life cover then only for people with kids? No, gosh. And spouses. And, you know, or if you have any type of debt. Um, let's take, for instance, a brother and a sister. Sister never got married, brother got married, but sister is seen as one of those really awesome aunts. So there are kids there. But he's helped her in the past, so she would like to leave something for him and the kids if she, if she should die. So there are various reasons for people taking out life cover. So you've got the personal reasons that you'll take out life cover, so it's for your immediate family, or maybe for your nieces or nephews, but then you also get life cover between business partners, which is vital. Now, business partners, think about it. You're both running a business. Should one of you die, can the other person still maintain the business in the way that it was maintained before the death of that partner? Your do you need to re-employ another business partner? How much is it going to cost you to get that person? Because they could be a key person in your business. Mm. So there has to be something called insurable interest. 
between people who are insuring each other's lives. Mm. So the people would be business partners, spouse, um, Oh, there's various reasons. As long as you can show insurable interest that I will lose financially should that person pass on, there is insurable interest. And it's also a little bit, just as as you say that, you know, with the aunt and, and kids, it's also a little bit of a gift. Absolutely. It's, it's your legacy. I have a client who is one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met in my life. She has taken out policies for five of her nieces and nephews to take care of their tertiary education. Absolutely incredible human being. And she still doesn't have one of her own kids yet. But she's awesome. Awesome. So that's why I'm saying she's always said, if I'm no longer here, who will look after these people? I need to put a plan in place in the event that I'm not there. And in the... In the and that space of looking beyond the grudge, looking beyond the grudge, I think is is um is an incredibly powerful thought to help you along. Especially if you're saying I'm putting in place a a plan that's going to make my money work for me. Correct. It's going to make my money work for me going forward. Yes. And and the first one, I suppose, that are the in insurances and the assurances is getting over that thing. Yes. It's like if you've ever been in a car accident and you can't pay off that car. <laughs> <laughs> or or the car's written off and you cannot purchase another car with a value that they're prepared to give you for the write off of that vehicle. It's the emotion behind Correct. it. Correct. That you have to Correct. Well I never thought about that. The emotion behind it that you have to get over first. And once you've got it over that, and I suppose, you know, we always talk about how money is energy. Yes. If you change your attitude. Absolutely. To all of those things, yeah. it begin, it begins to change. But realistically, again, today's my favorite word is realistic. <laughs> the, realistic the realistic part of it, though, is that, you know, you kind of think I'm 25. Why must I do this now? At a, as a 25-year-old, a single 25-year-old, no, don't get life cover, but start on a retirement annuity. I promise you, kids have to think about it, or parents, not kids. Parents need to say to their children, your first job, you have two things you need to do. You pay rent if you're still staying at home. <laughs> <laughs> and two, you are going to take out a retirement annuity, even if it's for 200 rand. Guess what? It means one night where you're going to have three drinks less. Mm. Honest to goodness. And if you can get that kind of, instill that kind of financial thought process within your children and the next generation, we won't be necessary in two generations to come. Mm. Because kids would have been taught how important this process is in their lives. Mm. So no, 25-year-old, no. The only time you start thinking about life cover is when you start your own family, when you purchase your first property, even if you start purchasing vehicles or you start a shuttle service, cover those things in some form or another. Mm -hmm. So no, not, not life cover for younger people, mm -hmm. but people that are starting to settle down, starting their own families, definitely. Does it must. get more expensive? Yes. Does it get more expensive yes. with each year? So if yes, I don't start at twenty, at 30? No. The thing is that if you're a healthy life and that you're taking out the cover and um, just a little bit of a warning, smokers' rates 
are normally double. What? Yeah, than non-smoker rates. For real. For real. And also, I did not ladies, know this. yeah, and ladies get a cheaper rate than men do. Oh yeah, it pays to be a girl. <laughs> it pays to be a girl. No, smokers are hit exceptionally heavily with rating. Um, but you can also reduce that premium should you stop smoking. Because then what they'll do is they'll do a nicotine test, a cotinine test. And if they find no cotinine, they'll actually give you non-smoker rates. So when I've gotten over myself and gotten over the grudge of it, <laughs> gotten over the grudge of it, how do I, how, how do I, put, how do I shop for this thing? How do I shop for the correct kind of cover for myself? Again, guys, find a financial advisor. Because this is that not a person, DIY thing. no, it's this not is not a do it yourself. Very simply, because yes, you can do a, a do you do it yourself kind of thing. You can go to companies that will sell it you on the phone. The problem I have with that, as a person that works in the industry, is that the medical questions they ask you are re- are about three to five medical questions. You are actually a telephonic sale. Therefore, the repudiation of that claim is so much higher. That word, repudiation. Right. Meaning that they will refuse to pay out if you should die. What? So if, if, Correct. if you're not careful, if you just buy it off the phone. So if somebody says if somebody to you. Somebody's calling me. Okay, hold yeah, on, hold on. Yeah. I have lots of people calling me all the time. Okay, trying and to they, sell me correct. like additional cover and yes. And if I, if they phone me on the right day and I go, okay, cool. I like what you're selling. Yeah. Let me buy it now. Is there a probability that they will yes. pay you? Very simply because remember the questions that they're asking you. Sometimes they, they'll say something like, um, have you been to a doctor in the last five years? They do ask that. Oh, bloody hell, sure I have. Must have, because um, otherwise I'm exceptionally well. Um, so they'll ask that kind of question. You'll say no. They'll ask you a question. Have you ever had a, are you on medication? Then you forget about, oh, yes, I used to be on uh, high blood pressure pills, but I wasn't on those for a, re- for a while now. And so you don't actually answer properly. And that is where they catch you because what they do is they look at your medical history or anything medically. So say now, for instance, a person dies from a heart attack, a claim is put in for that. And they go, but hang on, you and as a child, you as a child had rheumatoid, uh, rheumatoid uh, rheumatic fever. So, in other words, that could affect your heart, but you never said anything because they didn't ask you the right questions. Mm. So, they repudiate or refuse to pay the claim. Sure. That is why if you're working through a financial advisor and an insurance house, the norm is that you would actually get a nurse that phones you and they ask you between 30 and 40 questions, medical questions. They will do blood tests. They will do cotinine tests. They will do blood pressure. They will do everything with you. Why? Because the time that they accept you as a clean life, they cannot repudiate a claim after that because you've told them everything you need to do or no. They've taken the blood tests. They've checked that you're a smoker or a non-smoker. They've taken your blood pressure. It's all been done. So therefore, I always say to clients, please tell the truth because if you don't, and it comes out, you will not be paid this money. So if you're looking at a client that's got a 10 million rand life cover policy and he has lied about something, it will not pay out.
that's a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying the Be chances careful. are higher that with somebody giving you a policy on the phone and they say to you, another one, they'll, they might say to you, how tall are you? I'm 170. How much do you weigh? 65. When last were you on your scale? Maybe you're 78. And if they find that the, the discrepancy had anything to do with your death, that's a problem. Sure. So it's important. I, I mean, the thing that you always talk about is getting the right financial advice yes. and the right relationship. Yes. Is now the time to be starting the relationship with the financial Correct. advisor and, and saying, Building on it, you know, we're going to be having these conversations every month. We're going to be talking about a different aspect of building your wealth portfolio. But it's now the time to kind of find someone out there. And find the right person. And as I said to you, it needs to be a symbiotic relationship. How do you People find the right that... person? Is there like a website somewhere? And yes. I'm like, there's a website yes, somewhere. Where's there is. Website? It's called um, find, a, find an Advisor. Find an Advisor. Yes. You'll find them. You'll actually find that person in your area. They'll show you all the people in your area with their telephone numbers, with their credentials, everything. And these people on that, so there's a website, findanadvisor.ca. And what you'll see is, firstly, make sure they will only put these people on if they are registered to give financial advice. Where do you, who should they be registered with? If I get a phone call the from FSB, somebody, financial service prov- FSB, financial um, service yeah, okay. board, yeah. And there's a number. That's true, but you'll see with an F, the, the FSB regulates, which is the Financial Services Board regulates the FSPs, which is the financial service providers. So each financial service provider will have a unique license number. And you can actually check that license number on the FSB website. So now's the time. Now's the time to kind of. Or contact me. Or call. Now's the time for you to yep. tell us your details. <laughs> Anybody can get hold of me. Can I give an email address? On michelle.dave at vodamail.co.za. michelle.dave at vodamail.co.za. Or they can tweet you. No, rather just send me an email. It's much quicker. <laughs> it's much safer. Um, <laughs> and even if I'm not in your area, I would rather put you on to a colleague that I know in your area. So if you're Pretoria North, if you're Durban, if you're Cape Town, I can assist you. And you can interview these people. You don't have to go with the first person that you see. Exactly. Don't do that. Be comfortable. Be happy. Be content with the information they're sharing. Okay, Michelle, we, we're quickly running out of time and I see the guys are all here now. Um, <laughs> the next row. The five top things that if you're looking, if you're interviewing a new financial advisor, the five top things that you should be asking and thinking about and looking out for. Okay. First thing is credentials. That they are with an approved and authorized FSP. So it could be a big company. It could be a small company. Third thing, there has to be a fit between you and that person. They need to be knowledgeable and have the systems to prove what they say. And lastly, and most importantly, that they answer your questions. Honestly. Yes. You don't know if they're being honest or not. No, but answer any question that you throw at them, they need to answer to your satisfaction. Okay, those are... I think that's kind of like looking for a boyfriend, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Looking for some honesty, answer my questions, <laughs> direct eye contact. It's the same. It's your money. It's your money. It I is your it money. Funny no, show, but it's, it's your money. It's absolutely your money. And that is why you don't just give it to anybody. 
that is the place that you start at. We're building our financial yes. portfolios this year with Michelle. I'm Pumema Shekho and you've been listening to Womandla. Michelle Dave is our resident guru. guru. You can always get hold of her on... Mitch Dave on Twitter and michelle.dave at vodamel.co.za. I promise you, if you tweet her, she'll get the thing. She'll phone you back. She'll respond to your thing. You Absolutely. can DM her as well. But you, you're looking for a partner. Correct. We'll hold your hand on the one side, but you've got to get the right partner. And if you're out there feeling like me, uh, with the genuaritis <laughs> and needing to create some wealth this year, Stay tuned. Every third Wednesday on Womandla, we'll be talking about ways to make your money work for you. This is CliffCentral.com.